Aren't you glad that God has given you a part of that living word? We so love the written word, the Bible. Been able to pick it up and read it, have it on our phones, iPads, tablets, whatever more that we have. But I find it so sad whenever so many people read those words and get what they're reading is not alive inside of them. It's not quickened to become a life within itself. Well, I'm so happy to see you all. I'd just like to grab every one of you and give you a big old hug. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Well, maybe we ought to do that first then, Brother Jerry. Just We certainly appreciate the musicians, deacons, all the brothers in the sound booth and all that for being here when we have to stream. But the truth of it is they can't take y'all's place. I'm glad it's that way, aren't you? That each one of us have our part. We're certainly happy to be gathered together again today. And Lord willing, the second group will be here Wednesday night. And then next Sunday, unless things change, everybody will come back together. We certainly want to keep, keep praying. I know that you are, but just as a reminder to you about all this COVID stuff around the world, um, I'm hearing of so many um, in Africa and India, uh, everywhere, every week, I'm getting emails and texts and things like that from our brothers and sisters around the world. It's affecting many, many of the believers as well as everybody else. So we certainly want to be praying that God will just intervene for us and help us. Amen. You know, when Brother Branham was here, he prayed and said that he constantly prayed that God would help the doctors to find cures for cancers and things like that. And me being a Pentecostal that uh, didn't believe in going to doctors and believe in taking much medicine and all that when I first come to the message, when I used to hear things like that, it used to, uh, I had a little bit of a problem with it. I'm just going to be honest for some of you, of course, didn't have no problem with anything. Y'all just, you know, but I thank God for his grace. Eh? But the more I begin to realize that it was God's love to humanity to be able to allow them to come up with vaccinations and doctors and scans and this and that and the other because he didn't just love his people. He loves the human race. No matter what color they are, no matter what continent they come from, God loves the human race. And he loves us all the same as far as racial things are concerned or the continent that we come from. So myself, it's enlightened me to help me. Uh, I've been praying, I hope you have, that God would help our doctors and epidemiologists and all these people to be able to find um, a treatment, a cure, whatever more for this COVID thing. It's been more devastating than in, in our lifetime anyway than anything that we've ever dealt with. So if you've not been praying that way, please join with us in prayer that God will help them, that they can find something. That'll better us all. Amen. 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 I'll tell you one thing. You might not appreciate a Motrin or an Advil or a Tylenol until you have a bad headache. Brother Donnie, don't tell me you take them. I do. I've got enough common sense to. Now, I call on the name of the Lord first. That's what I always do first. But sometimes I hear him echo, and Donnie, you've got something in your cabinet there that'll help you if you'll take it. Don't be stubborn. Don't be hard-headed. Praise the Lord. 
That's right. And even, friends, you know, I know there's controversy about taking vaccines and all this and another, but when Brother Branham was here, before he went to Africa, you know what he done? Took a yellow fever shot, took all kinds of shots. Why? He said, because Caesar required it. So remember, whenever we're making our so-called stand for liberty of what a lot of people call patriots, let's make sure our patriotism does not compromise on the message of the hour and the Word of God. God gives us enough sense to do what we can to help ourselves. Well, now I've done ruining the service, I guess we might as well go to the house. <laughs> Amen. Was that for you? Or you? Or it was for somebody because it sure wasn't on my notes. Amen. God bless you. We're so happy to be together again today. Let's, let's read, if you would, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. Amen. So appreciate the grace of God to our hearts and lives today. I know we don't get to get, be together like we were before, and I'm so sorry for that, but may God help us to get through this time when we can be able to have service as we are used to and get together for fellowship and things like that. Ephesians 4, 21. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him. Now the book of Ephesians was written many years of course after the Lord Jesus had visited the earth and yet Paul is addressing saints that he said had been taught by Jesus and they had heard Jesus. Now, no doubt there were some that were still alive physically that heard him, but there were many that never heard him in his corporal body. But yet Paul is addressing them as if though they had heard him. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say the same thing to you today. I believe we have heard him. I believe we are taught by him. Now, if God calls ministry and they submit themselves to the Lord, then you believe what you want to believe. I believe it's the Lord speaking to us. Amen. Then notice what Paul tells them after being taught by Jesus and hearing from Jesus himself. This next verse that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now, this gives us a good view of what we were and what the majority of the human race still is today. Corrupt, rotten, no good. That's why we needed a new birth. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, notice, so we're not just talking about your intelligence or your knowledge, but the spirit of your mind. Science will never be able to find this. As a matter of fact, Paul, we may get to it today, that Paul deals with two words whenever it comes to Esau epinosis and epinosis, um, knowledge which was God-given and one which was scientific. We do not know God by science. We know Him by revelation. So it comes by the spirit of our mind, just not our intelligence that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness 
and true holiness. Listen to this uniting time and sign. Uh, I've shared with you that I've been going through invisible union and also oneness with God. And Carol told me this past week that she'd been listening to uniting time and sign. And whenever she said that, it just struck something in my heart. I thought, my Lord, you want me to listen to that? So I've been down the basement, been doing some stuff down there. So I went down the basement and pulled it up on my phone. And uh, I've been listening to it over and over again. If you haven't listened to it in a while, it would do you good. Listen to this uh, quote in paragraph 40. What a unity when God united himself in a human body. The principle, the greatest of all the unitings that ever was done was when God united with man. He left his great strain of being God and stretched forth his tent and took in humanity and become one of them through unity. That what? That brought peace between God and man forever. How thankful we are. Uniting time and sign. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you so much for your word. We are just so happy, Father, that this group anyway could be gathered together today and I can feel their anticipation and their excitement of being able to be in the house of God. Lord, there's something about us. We were made to have fellowship. Lord, I know that this COVID thing has affected us in so many ways. One of the things that we miss the most is being able to be together. I hear Brother Random talking about his own church and how that the people... In the former days, he said they would cry. They would cry from Sunday night to Wednesday because they miss one another so bad and they wanted to be together so bad. For Lord, we know that heaven is not just streets of gold and gates of pearl, but heaven is those who are of heaven's existence. So if we can get by in this life and we really don't care nothing about the saints of God and miss the saints of God and want to be with them, then to me there's something missing in our lives. So Lord, we miss one another. We love one another. We thank you for the streaming. But Lord, I would be the first one to say it's not the same. Lord God, you come here in every service and your anointing was so powerful in the services, Father. We are so thankful for that. But you never intended for your anointing to replace your people. But you intended for your anointing to be on your people. So, Father, we're grateful that we can be back together again. We ask that you would help us today. We pray that you'd be mindful of all of those that would love to be here today. And Lord willing, Wednesday, some will come. And then hopefully again next Sunday, we can gather together. Father, be mindful of us, would you? Lord, as I read this morning, every 21 seconds, an American is dying with COVID. Every 21 seconds. 
around the world, millions of people being affected. Lord God, pastor friends of mine, people in different churches around the world dying. Oh, Lord God, be merciful to us, Father. We call upon your great name and ask you to help us, Lord, in this time of distress. Speak to us today from your word, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus. And the saints said, God bless you. You may be seated. I know we've been looking at it for a a prolonged time, but apparently the Lord wants to get it over to us. He became a man that you and I might have a new man. If he had never become in this great union of God and man together, I could not stand here today and say in reality that I have been born again. Job lamented. He cried. He cursed the day that there was a man-child born. He said, why did not I die from my mother's womb? But truly, there will never be a son or daughter of God that's ever had the second birth that'll curse that day. There may be things and that you wonder about your first birth and think, you know, was life really worth living? But if you ever truly get born again, you'll never look back on that birth and say, was it worth it? Oh yeah, it's worth it. My heart today is burdened in the angle of those who feel that they are truly born again. For many of the population of the earth that confess and believe they have the new birth, no doubt people in our great message, maybe even some in our church, some that look to our church as the place where they feed and consider themselves a part of our church, though they live in Denmark or in France or the different places around the world, that may feel and think that they too have the new birth. But in reality, their life does not match what the new birth should speak of in an individual. It's probably one of the biggest lacks in our move is the new birth. To confess that we believe God sent a prophet, that's a wonderful thing. We believe the seven thunders, the opening of the seven seals, marriage and divorce, many of these doctrines, we love them. We, we love them. We thank God for them. But yet, we know in reality a confession of that alone is not what liberates us from the sin curse that we were born with. We cannot help it. We were born lost. We were born unregenerate. We were born in the natural sense without a hope. But we don't have to stay that way. 
because of him coming to the earth the way he did and condescending to such a level to become the great oneness of God and man uniting together. He would make a way that he would be the first one of the new race. That there would be millions down through seven church ages that would be the ongoing new creation of God. For what he started in Jesus, he is continuing around the world this very day. There may be one, there may be a thousand, there may be 10,000, only he knows how many are left that the Lamb's book holds their name. And the church will go along, play along, have meetings and so forth until that last one whose name was spoke by God before the foundation of the world comes into that place of redemption. But we know, of course, and realize that it is the family of God that is coming into view. The Lord Jesus was the first begotten. He identified himself with these peculiar terms that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. So he was the first one to use this term in describing himself. He's identified also, of course, in other places. On down below John 3, 16, 18, and 20, he identifies himself as something that was totally new. But he uses this human word, begotten. But he's not the last one to use it. And he certainly does not mean to apply, imply rather, that it would only be applied to him as being just begotten by God. Unlike us, we were not begotten through a virgin, through our virgin mother, I would say. But we are begotten by God. And we must also come through a virgin womb. But it will not be Mary. It will not be a mother of this earth. But it will be through a predestinated spot of ground that God places in each of us. Notice James says it this way. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. So the Lord Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. Now when this is being said, of course it was exactly right. And he's the only one that was begotten in that way. But he's not the only begotten today. You see, God, once he was able to make this new creation, he's going to make a way from that point on, that every other son and daughter of God would be begotten. And this is the key of how they will come. James, now James was not a free will Baptist. James believed the sovereignty of God overrode man's choice. You see, when the apostles wrote the New Testament, the Lord Jesus speaking of what they, they wrote that he had said, they wrote it before Calvin ever existed. They wrote it before the free will Baptist. They wrote it before 
Armenianism was ever thought of. So they were free of free will Baptist concept. They were free of Armenian doctrine. So this was something that they believed from the Old Testament that God had elected, but predestination exploded in the New Testament. Election exploded in the New Testament. Sovereignty of God reached its climax in the New Testament. In the Old, it was foreshadowed. You could see it here and there and there. But in the New Testament, with the opening of the Lamb's life and the Lamb's blood and the Lamb being the very heart of God, the Lamb being the heart of God opened the secrets from the mind of God. So with that come an explosion of God's revealing of his nature and character. So James did not feel that he was writing anything wrong when he said that we were born by the will of God. Can you all say amen to that? Now, if you still struggle with Arminianism and you struggle with Calvinism versus Arminianism and you struggle with free will Baptist concept, then this scripture might be a little bit difficult for you. But if you are free from Calvinism and free from Arminianism, well, Brother Donnie, where do you stand? I follow Arminianism as long as it's in the Bible. I follow Calvinism as long as it's in the Bible. When Calvin leaves the word, I leave Calvin. When Arminians leave the scripture, I leave them. Because the word is my father. I said the word is my father. You see, I was begotten by Donald Lee Reagan through a bedding ground of my mother, Betty Jane Schott, and she became a Reagan by marriage. My father imparted into my mother the joy of impartation. And I was begotten by my father into my mother, as you were naturally. My father God also begot me by the joy of impartation. Of his own will, he begat me. I did not speak to my father, Don Reagan, and said, Don, would you care to father me? Would you care to give me a mortal existence? Would you care to breathe forth me and sow the seed in my mother? Well, would you all care? Could I have a conference with you all and ask you all, would you please do this? Come on, friends, you know that's absolute nonsense. No more could I ask God, God, will you sovereignly make me your bride? He made me his bride before I even knew how to spell sovereign, before I knew how to even say it. Is that right? Just like he did you. So you see the apostles, this is why they could so write the, the New Testament with so much of this in it because they were not contaminated by 2,000 years of church age doctrine the way we have been. No doubt, many of you sitting here today are still affected by either Pentecostal or Baptist or Methodist or Church of Christ doctrine. And when you hear me preach or some other man preach, you still pull that through your filter. 
Well, it's time we get rid of them. Notice James says, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. Now look at this word, begat. It means to bring forth, to bring forth from the womb, give birth to, or produce. So of his own will begat he us. So God, the eternal, had to sow his seed in a womb in order to begat. Now, if he's going to create, he does not need another part, but to have begettal, it takes two parts. As you were begotten from your mother, from your father, through your mother, your father alone could not do it. Your mother alone could not do it. Almighty God by himself, he could have brought us forth. Now you'll notice the Bible does not say that Adam was begotten because he was not. Adam was given the breath of life and he was brought into existence, of course, from the original creation of God, but he was not begotten through a woman. But yet the Bible says that this new race begins with a begettal. So the Lord Jesus was begotten. He was brought forth the seed of God placed into the womb of a woman. That woman carries it until it terminates the time and then he takes the breath of life. So what is the womb or where is the womb by which we are begotten in this life? Think of it. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. So we were begotten through some sort of womb. Where was it? Well, if you listen to spoken words original seed, you'll find out that you actually have two wombs in you as a mortal. The first is the womb of your mind, and then you have that for your spirit conceives of the word, brings it right on down to your soul. So God divided himself and separated himself. Adam and Eve were one in the beginning, the, the spiritual being of Genesis 1:26, male and female created he them and they were one unit and yet they were male and female. So in order to bring them forth in a physical manifestation, God divides them, separates the female from the male, puts the male in one body, female in another body. God divides them and then God's plan was bring them back together again in a holy union and let them bring forth his seed children. Before Adam ever did that, Satan was able to beat him to the woman and also have another union. Now listen close and you'll find out where the battles of our life always are. That Satan will try to get us by one sin or another, by one speck of unbelief or another to unite with him before God unites with us in his word. You see, even as we hear the word, as we feed on the word, the prophet tells us as we feed on the word, we become the word. Now you're born by the word of God and your soul, of course, but as you feed upon the word, you're conforming more 
more and more to the image of the Word. So here's the way the, the consequence of that works, is that God gives a revelation of His Word, and God brings something to season and to light. Then God will anoint His men to preach it, and then you will hear it. Then you are given the opportunity in the womb of your being to take that Word and become one with that Word, and you unite with that Word. When you do, more is added to your spiritual stature, that word is then added. So faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, and then all of these things are added to you. But Satan will attack that portion of the word before it will unite in you. Satan is given, it's as if though God allows him an opportunity to attack what you've heard. Now what's he going to do? He's going to try to get you to unite with unbelief or fear. Oh, well, it's not for you. It won't happen to you. You're not getting up. Whatever it is, he will try to get you to unite with his doubt of that promise to keep you from uniting with the promise itself. Amen. So what's the whole thing about? It's about union. It's about oneness. Why do we do whenever we slip up and make mistakes and do things that are wrong? What happened, Brother Jim, that allowed us to do that? We united our flesh with a weakness that was already there, and Satan laid a snare, a temptation, whatever it was for us, and pulled us into a union with that sin, that besetting sin, or whatever more, and he pulls our body into a union with that thing, and then we do something wrong, and the Spirit of God inside of us convicts us and we say God please forgive me I'm so sorry don't you know that the Lord if we would have allowed him would have let us be become one with his promise containing pertaining to that situation and he would have given you release to you the power from within you to help you to overcome that if you would have let him but instead of allowing him to do that many times we feed the flesh and we become one with what whatever it is that Satan's want us to unite against the word and we'll feed the flesh and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. What's it doing? As we are feeding on whatever that is, our flesh, the unregenerate part of us, is becoming one and becoming one in that conception and then the progeny of that will be what? You messing up. Praise the Lord. And whenever we mess up, then the soul in us demands that we repent and make right. But the soul within us would have already empowered us to overcome that if we would have fed with just as much faithfulness on that which is true, that which is right, that which is sacred, that which is holy. Come on, children. But if we allow the devil, he will play on our human weaknesses. How many still has them? How many still has human weakness and shortcomings? Sure we do. Then Satan will try to make our weakness one with whatever it is out here that he has, some sort of temptation. And this is where that we must learn ourselves, not only our enemy, but learn ourselves and be able to fortify those things about us that are weaknesses. And the Spirit of God will help us if we will allow him. So there is a womb, and then in the mind, there's 
before we receive the word. So here today, those of you that are here, those of you that are streaming, I'm preaching to you and I'm speaking to you the truth. You are taking that into the womb of your mind. Now, because you have two wombs, a child will not be born from your mind alone. You see, when the serpent came to Eve, anointed by the devil, he started on the womb of her mind first. He wants to be able to bring a union with her body. He studied the creation of God and he sees she's the only one made out of the broken continuity of God. And he sees that she came out of man, but she's inferior to man. He sees that her body came from man, but she was made out of broken continuity. So he sees right there where he will be able to sow his seed into the human race. Now the serpent of course was almost like a man stood upright, talk, think, reason, and he had a place for a soul, but he didn't have a soul. But it just so happened that Satan did have a soul. So Satan incarnated himself, stepped inside this animal. This animal consented for him to do it. Remember, God could not have judged this animal had it been like a dog or a cow or a horse that had no choice. But this serpent allowed the devil to step inside of him. And then what he does, he surrenders his body to this person of Satan. Praise the Lord. By doing that, he allows his instrumentality to become what? The instrument by which Satan would use. So Satan wants to begot himself into the womb of the woman. But he needs an instrument. Satan is not flesh and blood the way you and I are today. But he is an angel, a spirit, and he must have something that will be able to mix together. He studied the serpent. He looked at apes. No doubt he looked at gorillas. He looked at horses, he looked at all the creation, and he saw this one which was right next to man, the very next level right below man. Then he was able somehow by the laboratory, looking into it, whatever that he'd done, understanding how that God had made it, he was able to perceive into that this one would mix with the blood. By doing that, he impersonates himself, incarnates, steps inside of it in a work of incarnation, and he takes over the serpent's body by him yielding to that, and whenever he does this, then he starts anointing his words. Now he's going to talk to her, he's going to confuse her on the promise of God. It would have done her no damage whatsoever, as long as those words and those thoughts would have kept out of her mind. Even when they come into her mind, she still had the power of control from her soul. But when she took from womb one and allowed that seed to come down into the womb of her soul, then she become captured that he changed the very personality of God and she accepted what Satan said about God instead of what God said about God himself. Now notice then from the womb of her mind still, nothing has happened yet, nothing has transpired, but the scripture said that she looked upon the tree that it was one that would make one wise. And it was a tree to be desired. Now you look at the Hebrew words and you don't take very much of a theologian to understand. We're not talking about her looking at a peach tree and saying, I want that tree so bad I can't hardly stand it. A tree to be desired, to make one wise. 
So what does he do? He then moves, he moves even closer and closer, hoping she will take the pregnation from her mind, the womb of her mind, and receive it down deeper. Don't you understand, friend? The furthest journey that the word has to make in you and I is from here down to here. Many of us have been storing it right up here for 40 years, but I wonder how much of it has moved from up here down into the soul. It will not give you power to overcome and live above sin in this life as long as it's in your head. But when it moves from your head to your soul, then you have a progeny between you and God. You are not reproducing God when the word comes from the word of God, from the man of God's lips, and only into your head. You are not producing a child. You are not producing an offspring or a birth. But when the word is able to get down into your soul and it builds word on top of word on top of word, what is it? It's Christ Jesus being formed inside of us. So it is the Son of God being birthed again. Oh my, I hope you're hearing me this morning. So notice whenever this happens and Satan is able to use the serpent, his desire is to beget a son, to beget one that would bring forth and he would be able to contaminate the entire human race. He don't even go to Adam, he knows better. He does not even attack him at all, but he goes to the byproduct and from there he's able to sow the seed in the womb of her mind. And then the prophet said that she could not be able to do this until she received the lie of the devil. He said, let me go ahead and say it in oneness with God. Let me go ahead and say it. He said that no man, no woman can believe a lie of the devil until first you reject the truth of God. So she refused the truth of God. Then when she pulled this into her mind, then it stepped inside of her mind. But remember, by being in her mind, it would not produce a king. It must move from the womb of her mind down inside her body. And then whenever she accepts this lie of the devil in her mind, and then she begins to say what Satan says. So Satan's confession becomes her confession. That's why when you say, I'm not a very good Christian, I ain't got much faith, I'm this, that, and the other, you're talking the devil's language. Come on, saints. That's right. He can only act in heaven upon our confession when our confession matches what he says. And if you're a child of God, you'll never hear Jesus saying you're a serpent seed. And if you're one of his, you'll never hear Jesus saying, I've sinned away my day of grace. And as long as you're saying that, you're not saying what he says. But if you'll say what he says, then he can act on your confession. The same with Satan. Satan could not act until, of course, she had received these thoughts into the womb of her mind. She pulls it down inside of her soul. And, of course, we know the rest of the story. Then Cain was begotten in the womb of Eve by vicariously, Satan vicariously fathering a child. So in one sense, he had two fathers and that he had a father of his body. Satan still could not father a child by his own spirit being. He couldn't do it. He could not father a child, but he could get inside this being and be able to be the father of Cain's nature. 
So here he had two fathers in the sense that the devil was the father of his nature. Hope y'all listen to me because I ain't just talking about Cain this morning. Guess what? I just read your pedigree. Now your daddy would have been the father of your natural body. Is that right? But some of you know as well as I do. How come that some of us have kids and grandkids and then we love the Lord and we worship God and we go to church and some of our family is mean as the devil himself? You know why? Because you did not give them your good nature. You could not give them, no sir, you could not get it. But actually the prophet of, oh, I don't like that brother Donnie, I can't really help that. The prophet said, I don't care who they are, whether it's a priest, a pope, or a bishop, everyone that's born is born between Satan and Eve. This is what we were born with, a fallen satanic nature. And if you don't get saved, that devil nature of yours will take you to hell. That's just the plain facts. Now, how then is God going to reverse this through the power of begettle? Now, Satan does not have to find a woman then in every generation and beget a new generation. Now, until Genesis 6, we know that there were two separate seed lines that were on the earth. And even though Adam had fell, I hope this don't, don't baffle you, but even though Adam fell, he was not like what we are now. Remember when Brother Brandon preaches the oneness with God and he takes the two seed lines and he goes down through there and he describes Cain, how evil, how wicked that he was. He said, how could that have ever come from the holy seed of Adam? So for the first, how many ever hundreds of years that it was after the fall, there was still a kindness, there was a generosity, there was a God-based people that were on the earth, and even though Adam had fallen, sin had not become as we know it today. So Satan was still not happy being what it was. So he, what does he do? He fathers a separate line. But then the sons of Seth, they stayed up on the mountain. They stayed up on the mountain. That's where they lived. They was up on the mountain and they lived above these valleys of sin where the Canaanites uh, went to and they, they stayed separate away from them. So the sons of God, which were the sons of Seth, saw the daughters of men or the daughters of Cain. Cain was not happy with them because there was two separate races on the earth. So here was the God line and they were up on the hill. They worshiped God. They called on the name of the Lord and they worshiped God and they had sacrifices and so on. And then there was sure this other people and they lived down at the bottom of this mountain of God and they lived on down through the valleys and they had horrible, horrible sin. They lived ungodly, lived terrible types of lives. So Satan wanted to bring these two groups together and form an ecumenical move. Praise the Lord. He wanted to form an ecumenical move that would bring them together so he calls them sons of God to go to see and them daughters of men. Now they were fair to look upon and they took unto them women. Women, not just wives, but women. So they were living together. And then out of this product, the progeny of these, this union was what? Giants. Giants, mighty men in the earth. And the word giant there is Gabor. Gabor is one of the, what's amazing about this is that Gabor, G-I-B-B-O-R, is one of the names of God. 
one of the names of God. He is El Gabor, which means the mighty one. So out of this union between sons of God and daughters of men, here come amateur Gabors. So they were mighty men. Now they were not only large in stature and all of that. And I read just, just last week where they have found some remains and, and uh, in, in, in rock and so on. Archaeologists have found of what a race of people, of giants that they never knew existed before. I thought, y'all, y'all just 6,000 years behind. Y'all need any more info, give me a call. They like that, just make fun of us all they want to. One day they're going to find out this word is exactly right. So they found all these leg bones and these femurs and all this stuff that was turned into stone. And you know, they're saying, my, here's, a, here's this gigantic people that were there. And they found them in the land of where, you know, where we would know would be the original part of the land of creation. And yet, whenever these started happening, Satan must bring them together again in a false union. So he wants to take the seed of God and to mix it with the seed of man. Then what did they produce? They produced a super race. Now, they still now called on the name of the Lord and they wanted, oh yes, we still go to church and we believe God and this and that and the other. But they started mixing their seed with these denominational daughters. Now, let me just tell you a little something, friends. I realize that the left through their media, the left through all of their things they're trying to do, they're trying to control uh, conservative voices. I understand all of that. But I want you to also understand something like this. What will happen is that those that are conservative and those that want to hold on to conservative points, many of them, under this fear of losing their voice, will come under the shadow of the churches in the last day. And they will join together right up with Rome because whether or not you, you want to accept it, the Catholic Church has way more power than we do as far as in the natural sense. They have the cloud, they have the voice, they have all of that. Can't you see what a lot of this stuff is gonna do? Can't you see Google shut this down and so-and-so shut this down? Eventually they may shut us down from streaming. And if they do, so be it, then we'll do something else. But the, a lot of the conservative people are so scared and they're so afraid that they're gonna lose their rights. Don't you understand? Open your eyes, don't be blind to what Satan is gonna do. They've got to come together and run back to mama. And mama has more power than the message people do. Mama has more power than a little free will Baptist church over here and a little Mennonite church over there. So if they can all come together and all stand together to protect our conservative rights. Well, Brother Don, don't you believe we ought to stand for our rights? I do. But I found out the greatest place I can stand is not stand before the White House with a banner in my hand marching around. But my greatest place to stand is right here on my knees. 
Now, sure, stand for your rights, this and that and the other, but friends, don't get all caught up in all this political nonsense and make a fool out of yourself on Facebook. Do what you're called to do, pray. Do what you're called to do. Sure, express your view, your opinion, and so on, but the best thing that you and I can do is to be able to pray. Now, remember, I looked and showed it to you Wednesday night that an angel of God cannot absolutely not accept the slander in the presence of God of a fallen angel, but what's amazing is an angel of God can stand on the, cannot stand there against a demon and say, I rebuke you, but he must say, the Lord rebuke you. But look at the difference in a son. A person can walk up here today with cancer. A person could walk up here today with some type of evil that's holding their life, but a God-called man, a son of God filled with the Holy Ghost can stand right here and say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I command you leave this child. I command you, why? Because the son of God on the earth has more authority than an angel of God. Can you wrap your mind around such a thing that a son of God that was born lost, that's right, I was born lost, but I ain't lost no more. I was born unregenerate, but I'm not that no more. As a son of God, I stand here in Christ's stead on the earth. When the prophet of God said, every God called man that's called to preach the word stands in the very place of the Lord Jesus. Oh my. Of his own will begat he us. So he has his part and there must be another part. A womb. Where is the womb that receives the divine nature of God? Don't you see why there's something in you allocated by God himself? Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. You see, the fact is that we are begotten to be his children. It can be traced back solely and originally to the eternal himself. Not me, not you, not your parents, not Brother Branham, not Paul. It goes beyond Paul. It goes beyond Peter. It goes to the divine will of God. He purposed it and it was done. He thought it, he spoke it, he actually spoke your name before the foundation of the world. Now can the devil make a mess out of you? I guarantee you he can. Can he tear us all to pieces? Yep, that's only in time. That's only in time. Notice this in Ephesians 1.13. Now Paul, James rather here says that we are begotten with the word of truth. You see, truth is such a great thing to God. It is God's nature. It's the very epitome of God's character. It's truth. God cannot identify himself with a lie or a liar. So truth is God's seed. And Luke, Jesus gave us the parable of the sower, one forth to sow his seed. And he says that the seed is the word. So there must be a womb, a place by which the spoken word can land. There must be a counterpart on the earth that can receive God's part. There must be recipients on the earth that can receive it in order for God to change them. 
Notice in James says, with the word of truth. What's Paul in Ephesians 1.13? And whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So the gospel is not just a theory. The gospel is not just a doctrine, but the gospel is the saving strength of the people of God, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believe, now once you hear and you embrace it, after that you have believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So now this gives us the conclusion of those who have really believed. Everyone that truly believes will receive the Holy Ghost. Now there are many that come to the Lord and say they believe, but they'll not give up this and give up that and give up that. Consequently, God does not give them the Holy Ghost and therefore they're not identified in the Bible as being a full-fledged believer. And whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believe. You don't get the Holy Ghost when you believe. You get it after. Happy Valley said... In whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now what does the Holy Spirit do? It seals your womb from any further pregnation of the devil. Your soul is sealed. Now remember, you're a human and you can still make mistakes and all of that. That has nothing to do with your soul. Your soul is sealed by the instrumentality of truth, by the instrumentality of the serpent, Satan was able to impregnate Eve. By the instrumentality, now notice, God does not use science to beget us to himself. God does not use emotion to beget us to himself. God does not use microscopes and laboratories and this great oratory and all of that. God uses one thing and one thing only, and that is truth. Praise the Lord. So you know, we're living in an age, of course, when people think, well, all you need to know is the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? What is the good news? The good news about what? The good news that there's three gods? That is not good news. That's from Nicaea. That news is from hell. That news is not from heaven. Well, the good news is I can get saved and do whatever I want to do. That is not good news either. That is damnable heresies. Well, the good news is I shook the preacher's hand. You might as well shake a donkey's tail. You might as well write your name on a barn door. Didn't do you a bit more good. Come on, saints, don't sit there and look at me. You might as well call Fido, your pet or your cat, and rub them and do some type of magic spell. That's not the way we're born again. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. So we need truth to be begotten. Oh, hallelujah. And God let little portions of truth start falling our way. Some of y'all started out as a Baptist or a Methodist or maybe even a Church of Christ. That's truly a miracle if you come out of that. Or maybe you started out as a Pentecost or whatever more. But God giving you a little more truth, begatting you, calling you, falling upon it until he can get you to a spot. Now listen, friend, how in the world do you think that your own nature could die out under a Baptist teaching? 
How in the world do you think your old nature could ever die out under Methodism or under Pentecost? That's why it takes the word of the hour to be begun with. If you'll listen to this tape here, Uniting Time and Sign. And Brother Branham tells them in 1963 after the seals crashed the mystery, and he tells the, the Branham Tabernacle, he said, there's one more thing we've got to do. There's one more step that we must take, and you must have it. You know what he's talking about? The token. He hasn't preached the token yet. Now you imagine him looking at his church and telling them, they've heard the seals, they've heard the church agent, they've heard all of these things and he's saying there's one more step. There's one more place we've got to move up into. Look, friend, it's not enough. Remember, many of Brother Bram's people sitting there were Pentecostal in their background. And many of them, well, I hope this don't make you mad. If it does, it does. Many of them, no doubt, are still relying on their Pentecostal experience of just a baptism in their spirit. And they shouted and danced and prophesied, but they had never allowed that true baptism of the Holy Ghost to move from the spirit over into the soul and and seal the soul. It's evident many of those people that were sitting there when all these false leaders raised up after Brother Branham left, what did they do? Some of them went with this man. Some of them went with that man. Some of them went with this man. Oh, this one's Joshua, and this one's Caleb, and this and that and other. It proves they didn't have the Holy Ghost. They never took the token message and let God move it over. You see, for a Baptist or a Methodist that never heard experienced anything with God, it might in some ways be easier for them but for a Pentecostal that's talked in tongues or maybe, you know, had supernatural experiences and to think that is not enough. Are you saying, Brother Donnie, that's not enough? I am most emphatically saying that is not enough. We must have that seal of God on our soul. We must let that seal of God bring the consummation to seal the womb. Once the womb is sealed, a person will never backslide from that day on. You are human, sure, and you'll, you'll, you'll have to consummate to keep that old flesh in check. But once that soul is sealed, it is sealed to the day of your redemption, brother. It is over. It's finished. Oh my, notice this. By the instrumentality of truth. You see, this was not, notice how God is going to cycle the new birth. That it is not going to be just a creative act alone. That you come to church one day and God just bam, bam, zap, 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 zap. No, there's a corresponding part in you and I that must receive the word. And they asked Peter and them on the day of Pentecost, man, brother, what must we do? They said, repent and be baptized. So there's something in them that has to respond. It's not a simple creative act as it was in the beginning when the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep and the spirit of God said, let there be. But there's something in us that responds to that word. Don't you see what it is? It is you from within giving God permission to annihilate your own nature. It is you. It is not God. I'm going to save you whether you want to be saved or not. I'm taking you to heaven where you want to go. No, that's not it at all. God gives you the ability to say yes to the death of your old husband. And when God gives you the ability to say yes, and you say yes, that's your corresponding part. And God creates in you from your soul that corresponding part to receive the seed. And you are regenerated. (sighs) 
You see, truth is the agency that God will use to secure the amount of influence on your soul to bring it to a new birth. Listen carefully to this quote in question and answers. The only way you can be eternal is to receive eternal life. The Greek word that I think is Zoe. Isn't that right? Zoe, Zoe. Then that life God imparts to you as the Father. Your Father imparts His life to you through the marriage vow. Notice now. The Father imparts His life, which is going to be you, to the mother through what? The medium of a marriage vow. Now what's the difference between a child that's born like that and an illegitimate child? Because it's not sowed through the marriage vow. You see what the difference between the bride and the church? The bride is married to Christ. She receives Christ's word through the marriage vow and she becomes a bride. The church receives it through what? Christ is her boyfriend. Now, come on, friends. I know you don't want to hear this, but it's the truth. That's why the Brother Branham would call this and tell us in Invisible Union that we were called to be washed by the water of the, blood, the bloody word. He said to be cleansed from the filth of all these prostitutes. Why? Because Jesus is their boyfriend and not their husband. Now, boy, they really like their boyfriend. They really do like their boyfriend. And he's a savior. Oh, yes, yes, sir. He's a savior. But their, their boyfriend will let them dance like the world and act like the world and dress like the world and get drunk and so on and so on and so on. But you see, oh, my, then they receive the word. Oh, yes, they love the cross. They love the blood of the Lord Jesus. And they receive all of that. And they receive it through what? A confession that their false preachers tell them is a new birth. And they receive it into a prostitute's heart which produces prostitute progeny. It produces prostitute action. I wish somebody would preach with me this morning. And had it not been for the grace of God, Happy Valley Church of Jesus Christ would have been another prostitute church. It is only the grace of God. It is only the grace of God. It's not you. It's not me. It's God's mercy to us. But if God can find a person, as I preach it to you Wednesday night, and the Greek word there, Jesus said, except you be born again, you cannot, I do, see the kingdom of God. Then when a person is joined to the eternal in holy wedlock, he's constantly sowing more of his seed in the womb. And they're conforming and changing and shaping. Praise God. It's like the more you eat, the more you get, the more you want, the bigger you become. Now all of us know how that works with food. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing that most of the stuff that's good for you tastes like hay and straw and tree bark? And most of the stuff that ain't good for you, donuts, Reese's, milk, can I go on or am I detaching you all? Good old bread slathered in butter and honey, all kinds of good stuff that tastes so wonderful. Most of it ain't no good. 
Oh, one of the sisters of our church was trying to explain to her, her little, little child a couple of years ago and their little child was reading down through there and the mother was telling about the rival flavor and the this and that and the other and she said, you know, honey, it's got all this and that and it ain't good for you. And she said, mama, even though it ain't good, it sure tastes good. Well, you see, that's the way we are. Most of this stuff, we're gonna find out one day a lot of what's about our health problems is because of all this stuff we eat and we love eating it. I don't mind telling you, I do too. Ask me if I'd rather have a diet drink or a regular. Unleaded's all right for a car, but man, I'll tell you one thing for a human being. Zero sugar, you gotta be kidding me. Zero carbs, Brother Doug McHugh's out in Arizona used to say, all these people with this health food, you cut out this and you cut out that and you live five minutes longer to step out in front of a car and get run over. But there's something about us naturally that we want the things many times that's not the best for us. Oh, but brother, sister, let me tell you, this seven-course meal that God has provided for his bride in the last day, it ain't all like eating a big bale of straw. It ain't like eating a green leaf and saying, ain't this good, and you foaming green out of your mouth. It ain't like eating tree bark. No, brother, we smack our lips, hallelujah. We, um, 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 we lick our fingers. This word is finger-licking good. I'm telling you what, it ain't just good for you. It's good to eat. It's good to resist death. It's good to resist the power of sin. And the more you eat, the more you want. And the more you eat of it, the more like it you become. So your father imparts his life to you through the marriage vow with mother. You mean simply God recognizes when a preacher stands up here and says, you exchange your vows and I'll pronounce you man and wife in the name of the Lord Jesus. A man knows his wife. Through that vow, a holy act of God. People live together all the time that are not married. Bring forth children all the time. Are they alive? Sure. Are they born? Sure. But they're not born through the vow. You see, the bride gives birth through the vow. She was called through the vow. And you've got a wedding band to prove it. It was slipped on your finger before the foundation of the world. Now watch, this is, this is really unusual the way Brother Bram said this. It's the only place in the message that I've ever found that he says it. The marriage vow was a mother that by that imparts the joy of imparting. Catch me the imparting life for a son. And that's the way God does. A joy. Praise God. Can you imagine Almighty God? You know the way we feel joy and happiness and being in the presence of God? That God, it, it, it allows God to experience a joy that creating the world never brought. Bringing angels into existence never brought. But when God can impart life to a son, it brings God great joy. Oh my, that's the way God loves, does. A joy 
in imparting his life to a son. Then you become part of him, which is Zoe, God's own life. I've given unto them eternal life. Raise them up at the last day. How does God impart eternal life? Can't you see God cannot give people eternal life via a church membership? Then God would father illegitimate children. God can only pass eternal life through a wedding vow. Did you see why Satan would love to take your message away from you? And bring into your minds questions about this, questions about that, and questions about this. And quite, don't you understand what he's trying to do? Question the credibility of your word, your promised land. Same thing he done to the children of Israel in Numbers chapter 13. Oh, it's a good land, but there's spies over there, there's giants over there. Don't you understand what he's doing? Questioning the credibility of their land. Then they said, oh no, oh no, we can't go, we can't go. That's exactly right. They proved they wasn't worthy. But Joshua and Caleb said, yep, there's giants there, but we can kill them. Yeah, there's gates there, but we can take them. Yeah, there's cities there, but we can knock every one of them down by the grace of God. Why? They received the promised word for a vow. They were ordained to believe it. Look, gentlemen, God offers eternal life. Oh, it ain't like a gift. Okay, 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 I don't believe. I believe in three gods, and I don't believe it matters what you believe. It don't make no difference. That's what most Christians believe today. It don't really matter what you believe. Can't you see the ripe for the ecumenical council? The politics of the left is too big for the Southern Baptist. The politics on the left it's too big for the Methodist. So what would they be willing to do? Well, let's forfeit this thing about sprinkling or baptism. Our rights are at stake here. Let's come together as brothers. We all believe in God. Well, that's not true. Most of them believe in God's. And they will come together to protect their evangelical rights. And they will unite. For what? So communism will destroy them. Listen at it. Uniting time and sign. Begin about paragraph 40. Read down through 44. Then jump from there to 63. Down through 67. Eight. Go ahead and read nine too. It's a good one. Then jump on over. You'll find all of these unities must come to pass. The left must unite against the conservatives. And it will, conf- it will force the non-spiritual conservatives to unite against what? The left. And while they're all uniting and cleaning out their guns, Marching on the Capitol. Yeah, we see what that produced. The bride is uniting with Christ the Word. Another union going on around the world. Oh, it's so fitting. One of the very last sermons that he preached. The invisible union of the bride of Christ. Notice this. Peter says, 1 Peter 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy hath 
hath begotten us again or anew unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we're not begotten by a doctrine. But as Brother Brandon sang until us a while ago, a living word. A living word. You see, the real bride accepts his entire person. You imagine a girl and a boy going together and oh my, the boy just buys her candy one week and tree bark the next week and then vitamin C and... Yeah, right. How many of you girls had wanted that? with Dayton. So you, and he gives you an engagement present. It's vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin B12. Look at my vitamin C. You want C all right for carrot, cut, color, and clarity? Come on, saints. But if you focus on them gifts, I said, well, what, are you, what are you getting for me Friday? What are you getting for me Sunday? I don't know about him, but I begin to wonder about you. I would think if you love me, if you love my gifts, but if you get him, you get the wallet, you get the keys, you get the title, you get the whole thing. If you get him, oh, I love gifts. I love faith. I love miracles. But if I got him, I got the whole package. This is why we believe in gifts and miracles. But I'm not just coming to God through a gift. I was not begotten through a sign. I was begotten through a resurrected person. Jesus Christ, the living word. And as I feed upon him, he adds more and more and more to my stature. Let's read this together. 1 Peter 1 and 4. This is what we're called to. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept. I love this word. It is a very simple English word, but the, Hebrew, the Greek word is a very profound word. Kept, keep with the garrison. Protect by a military guard, either to prevent hostile invasion, watching and guarding to preserve one for the attainment of something. Angels of God are with you day and night. All night, all day, angels watching over me, my Lord. All night, all day, angels watching over me. I said all night, all day, angels watching over me, my Lord. All night, all day, angels watching over me. Let everybody sing it now. Well, all night, all day, angels watching over me, my Lord. All night, all day, angels 
watching over me. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. My brother, sister, this is us. Ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 23, and I'm going to let you go. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Praise God. Oh, my friends, I hope today and trust by the grace of God, every one of us are truly born again. I know it's a serious time. It's a soul-searching time, really. But let's just make sure. I don't want to preach fear constantly and keep you under that fear. You can never live in the full position of who you are by living under the dominance of fear. But we know that there is a fear which is godly fear that we check up and we check where we are just to make sure. There's an assurance that comes with this token that we pass from death into life. But just make sure that the life you're living is one of the other person, the Lord Jesus, living out of you instead of you just simply trying to do it and trying to do it and trying to do it. Brother Donnie, do I need to come in the altar and tarry for the Holy Ghost? Do I? No, you do not. You see, the only reason that we think a delay is necessary, going into the book of Acts, and remember, they went there to the upper room because they must wait until the feast is exactly right. The Holy Ghost could not have come one day earlier, two days earlier. It must come on the feast the appropriate feast. They was not sent there as a type that every believer would have to wait and wait and wait and wait. They were waiting for a certain day to fit on the calendar because the Lord Jesus had fulfilled that of the lamb and of the waving of the sheaf. And they must wait till 50 days after that resurrection. That's the only reason they tarried. Tarrying is not something that is preached in the New Testament that we go and tarry and wait and wait. The only reason that we have to wait is to get the things out of our life that displease Him. And remember, in future home, the prophet lays it out so clearly. And he said, it's not you receiving the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost receiving you. Don't you understand if every person could receive the Holy Ghost at will, the majority of these Christians out here would live like the devil until the very day before the rapture and then at will they'd receive the Holy Ghost and go right in the rapture with everybody else. That's not the way it works. He receives you. Remember the story of the prophet talking about the, when he worked for the railroad company and they would go in there and pack the car and the inspector would come in and he would look at the car and look at the goods and shake it. Why? Because once they pulled that door down and put that seal on the door, the railroad company was responsible for the safe delivery of those goods. 
Well, if the train down the road, the car pulled in front of it, and the engineer had to throw on his brakes and lock up the train, and there was a loose spot, a temper or some other kind of something loose spot, and them boxes went flying over that and done thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage to those goods, you know who was responsible? The railroad company. So he said the, engine, the, the inspector would come by and he'd inspect it and he would condemn the car if the car was not roadworthy, as we'd say. And make them do what? Take it all back out and start over again. Oh, if the inspector comes by today and looks at your heart. Well, what if he condemns me? Well, that means he wants you to be right. Don't take it that, oh, there's no hope for me. No, you condemn me. No. It means he wants you to get it right. You left out this, you left out that. He wants you to be certain. Then let the Holy Ghost come back. Oh my, let the ministry, believe it or not, the, the ministry are the ones that's packing and packing and then you take what they say and apply it to your life and move up and they, they brought in this big box of this. Brother Darrell unloaded that and then Brother Donnie brought so-and-so and then Brother Joel Brown and then, and then this brother. Oh, praise God, thank you, Lord. Brother West unloaded a whole big load of it. Lay it in there, Lord, lay it in there. Then the inspector comes, boy, that thing's solid. Man, look at that. Yes, sir. Reach up there. Pull that door down. Lock it. Put that seal on the door. She's sealed to the day of her redemption. There ain't enough devils in hell to open that door. Aren't you glad? You see, this is the fulfillment of that verse of Scripture. Kept by the power of God. Well, pray for me. I'm holding on. Well, I feel sorry for if you're holding on yourself because you'll never be able to do it. If COVID don't get you lust well and if lust don't get you something else well. But if you're kept by the power of God, you've got a whole army all around you. Visible and invisible. Let's just bow our heads together, can we? Those in the visible audience, those in the invisible audience as well. May the Spirit of God just look at our hearts and Let's just be very honest and open before him today. Just let him search you. You know, there might be a, a cancer or something growing in your body. And there might be something at the doctor's office that they could bring you through a scan and pick it up. And you could go in there and have an appointment and everything. But you get there and you say, no, I ain't doing it. I, I'm, I'm scared of that. I ain't going to do it. That thing might save your life. It might save your life if you'll let them scan you. Let the Word, as it will, scan you today. Let Him scan and see if there's any temper, any anger, anything there that would hinder you. Let Him scan you. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, as we come together today, Father, and we're so thankful for this privilege. Lord, may you search each of us, Father. I believe with all of my heart I've received the Holy Ghost that I'm sealed. But Lord, if there's anything in my life that displeases you, anything, Lord, I need to make right or fix or adjust, show me, Lord. Help me. The Bible tells us, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed. So we know there's things believers can do or say that would grieve the Holy Spirit. So if there's anything, Lord, in my life 
Begin with me since I'm the pastor, the shepherd. Search me, Jesus. I'm scheduled for the appointment here today and I've showed up. As I've done with MRIs and CT scans and other types of things, I get there at the appropriate time, present my insurance card and all those things, and then I wait till my name is called. And then I go and let them run me through. So Lord God, I've showed up today. I've got my blessed assurance card. Hallelujah. I'm a son of God. So let your great scan of the word scan me, soul, spirit, body. Look at my heart, my motives, my objectives, my desires. Everything I am, I lay on your table so you can pass the word over me. See if there's anything about me that displeases you. Dr. Jesus, I won't have to wait for a week to find the results. But I ask you now if there's anything there in my life that displeases you in any way, show me immediately. Because your results are immediate results. Show me, Father, so I can make it right. Lord, if there's some here today that need to allow that Holy Spirit to move over into that soul, Lord God, I pray you'd grant it. Father, any that need deliverance, besetting sins or things that's hindered them, may you help them now, Lord. We open our hearts to you, Lord Jesus. Speak to us today by your word, Lord. Grant it, Father. Thank you, Lord God. While we're praying in this direction, I'll be taking Erica on Tuesday to have another scan done. She's finished her prescribed chemo. Whenever they do that, they have a bell hanging on the wall there. It's a bell about so big and have a thing hanging there. Maybe some of y'all saw the picture. But whenever Erica completed her last one a couple of weeks ago, they wanted her to grab a hold of that thing on the bell and jingle that bell. Actually, the nurses made a video of it. Some of it was able to receive the video. Some of it looked like a steel picture. But she was able to jingle that bell because she'd completed her prescribed life treatment. Wouldn't it be wonderful one day when we'll be able to grab that bell and ring that bell, our mortality is over. The gym, our mortality. It's finished. We'll be changed. 
Oh, how happy she was, the smile that was on her face. Oh, but you see, that picture did not declare what I saw when I picked her up. How sick she felt and all that sort of thing. So we declare our victory in Christ Jesus. It don't mean we're trouble free from that point on. But we've still declared the victory to our Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be praying with us on Tuesday. Can we just join together now? Would you mind doing that for us? Heavenly Father, we so thank you for what you've done for Erica. We appreciate it with all of our hearts. Lord, I believe it's been your grace that's been with her all the way through and helped her. And they were so worried. The doctor was so concerned because she was so small that he said she has no weight to lose. And they were so afraid she wouldn't be able to eat and she would be so sick. But as I was with her the other day when she went to the doctor and they weighed her, And instead of losing, she's gained. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. She said, Daddy, in one way I feel bad. She said, because I see how God has helped me so much through this. And I know others have had such an awful, terrible time. I said, well, honey. God teaches each one of us different things that He wants us to learn. Thank you so much, church, for praying. You sisters that have helped with meals and things. Oh, my, that was a great blessing. But I'll tell you what was such a great blessing. Your prayers, your concern. Thank you so much. Will you join with me in prayer that God will just be with the Lord. We're believing you. You who brought us safe thus far. We believe you, Father God. Oh, Lamb of God, just minister to each heart here today now, Lord. Those that are streaming, some with heavy hearts today, disappointment in their lives of this and that and the other, some dealing with the death of a loved one by COVID, some with can't come to church and feeling so apart from the body and dealing with depression and sadness. Lord Jesus, may they feel your strength today, Lord. May they reach over by faith and grab a hold of that bell, even though their symptoms may still be there. But may they be able to ring that old bell off the wall and say, by his stripes I am healed. He is my deliverer. He is my king. Praise God. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Sing something here. Let's just worship him a little bit before we go, can we? How many loves him with all your heart today? Would you appreciate his mercy and his goodness to us? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. How once was lost, but now I'm 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How great is our God. How great is his word. To go to the very depths of our being. To impart himself into us. That we would be the revelation of his word for this hour. That the great secrets that was in God's mind. Is now placed in the heart of the believer. We are that revelation of what God kept. The angels couldn't look at sages of old, prophets of old, desired to understand, yet he hath made these things known to us. How grateful the people we are today to know that we're not liberated by an emotion because emotions will fail us. We're not liberated by sensations because they'll leave us. But we're, <laughs> we're liberated. We're liberated by the vindication of the revelation of his word been given to us in this hour we see our name on the book <laughs> hallelujah more than the son of James and Elbert Mary Joe Ward but a son of God what a privileged people we are this morning we ring that bell of liberty we ring that bell of liberty we have been made free by the blood of the Lamb of God to walk in the, the authority of his word given to us as believers to speak precious words of life. Oh, hallelujah. This bride is not a freak. There's not a part missing in her body. But she's a complete bride. She has a voice. Hallelujah. She has eyes, hands, and feet. The word in action, dear God. The only true church Jesus claims is his own. Mark 16 in action. Vindicating God's word to be true. Oh, do you love him? What a privilege it is, friends, to be a Christian. Amen. You enjoyed the word of God this morning. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Just before you go, uh, <clears throat> we'll make an announcement. Some of the ministering brothers in different parts of the states up in Canada, but Tuesday night, Lord willing, uh, several churches just all over the nation, as many people as we can get, is going to be praying at one time for the needs of God's people around the world and that he would lift this COVID off of the people and those who are afflicted by it would be delivered from it. So any of you that can that wants to join in, it'll be 8 o'clock our time. We moved it up a little bit for the folks that's up in the northwest country, the time difference out west, mountain time and different things. So. They're going to be praying starting at their time at 7. We're going to be praying at 8. And just Brother Jack Duff down in Florida. Brother Bryce Collins over in Claremore, Oklahoma. Brother Wendell Martin down in Pawnee. Just different ones. It just comes to my mind that all the churches are going to be gathered in and praying starting at 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. So let's put our church that prays together stays together. Amen. And I believe God moves through prayer, don't you? I've seen God do wonderful things through prayer. So if you can, remember that, and we'll, we'll announce it there on the Happy Valley site there. But you just get out. Anybody you can think of, call and tell them, hey, you want to join in with us? We're going to unite ourselves. It's uniting time, friends. How many knows the three planets come in line this weekend? We just had two. They called it the Christmas star. Now three planets are lining up this weekend. You can see it tonight, 45 minutes after sunset. The heavens are uniting and declaring it. But we see what they're uniting to doing. But we're also uniting, friends. Hallelujah. The word is being made flesh in us. Amen. Do you love him today? Amen. Let's just bow our heads for prayer.
Heavenly Father, Lord, sometimes thank you seems so inadequate. It's just two words, Lord. But Father, it's really all as human as I, I know how to say. I wished I, I wished I had better words that would express in my heart what I feel, Lord. But though may I not say it adequately with my lips, listen to my heart, Lord, for it speaks, God. My love to you, Lord. As we look into our lives, each of us here, Lord, we take the moment to ponder back over our lives how you wooed us, called us, Lord, bringing us back to yourself. Oh, we thank you for that, Father. Lord, I pray today as we go and but I long for that day that we don't have to separate no more. We can all gather together around your table, Lord. But until then, let us be faithful, God. Let us ring that bell by faith. Lord, I pray you be with your children, Lord, as they travel home today. We ponder these things that we've heard into our heart, Lord. May it take a hold and bring forth much fruit. Father, we thank you for Brother Donnie. We thank you for his life, Lord. The things he sacrificed to bring us the word, Lord, it doesn't go unnoticed. Bless him, Lord, we pray. Bless his ministry, dear God, in a greater way. Bless his family, Lord. Father, we ask you to be with each one. And Lord, we pray, Father, that those that are weary today would be uplifted. Those with heavy hearts, Lord, may they rise to ring that bell today. You are sick, Lord. Those that are suffering, God, may your spirit just move for them, Lord. Lord, those on my prayer list today, I ask you, God, may you move for each one, Lord. Those that can't eat because they're sick of cancer, Lord, restore their appetite. Those, Lord, that are dealing with the after effects of COVID, Lord, may you lift those things from them, God. We love you, Lord. We wouldn't ask you if we didn't believe you could do it. But we ask you because we know you can, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, if you can hear my humble prayer, let a revival strike this church once more, Lord. Every heart, Lord, could feel the breath of Almighty God. Grant it, Lord, as we come into this new year and we come with a new vision, Lord, the greater desire to serve you and live for you, to be a light, to be our brother's keeper, Lord. We give these things into your hands for your glory, Lord. We thank you once again for this service. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. For the great light, for the great truth. We thank you, Lord. Be with your people now, Lord, as they go. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, saints. Sure love and appreciate you. May you go in the fear of God. Let's just sing us up there, buddy.
Come sing something. Y'all know I can't sing. May the Lord bless you richly. I'm going to get Brother Harry to sing our dismissal song this morning. The evening light has come. Amen. Let Brother Harry sing for you. The Spirit and the bride sing come. The elect being stirred inside their heart. Our uniting time has come We and the Father are one Soon we'll be with our Lord forevermore Holy and light has come The bride is making preparation She's hearing the shout Leave.